0: Jason. And I'm Laura. And welcome to Come Back a Star, episode 018, Trader Horn. On this podcast, we're reviewing every Best Picture winner and nominee from 1927 onwards. We don't typically do this, but we wanted to preface this episode with a trigger warning. This movie, Trader Horn, and its production is truly a stain on history, and hopefully, we will not encounter anything worse during the whole life of our show. Mm. This movie and its production took place in various locations in Central and Eastern Africa. Several scenes are racist and cruel. Two African members of the production team died, and yet it is the, quote, white hunters who are thanked by name in the credits of the movie. The white people who published this footage thought so little of the lost lives of two black people that we could not even find the names of those who had died. Usually, comeback a star is fairly lighthearted, but this episode will be a difficult one to listen to, and some listeners may want to skip it. We wholly understand. Before we get started, Laura and I want to state that there are movies we will be reviewing that show attitudes and points of view that we find hateful. Trader Horn is one of those movies. Black Lives Matter to Us. We will always do our best to catch and expose the racism that we encounter in these movies. We will do our best to be anti-racist. If you wish to skip this episode, we want to thank you for giving us a listen and hope that the next episode that you will catch will be an enjoyable one. For those of you staying with us, be aware that this might be the most horrific story in Hollywood history.
1: Yep, so should we dive right in?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm really sorry and sad that the first movie of our 1930s... Kickoff is Is going to be this one.
1: I mean, I guess might as well get it out of the way, though. It's far from the last racist movie we will be dealing with. Hopefully we won't have to deal with one quite this ugly again. Um, Agreed. So here's Trader Horn. Although succeeding at bringing footage of African culture and wildlife to a wider audience, W.S. Van Dyke's Trader Horn fails spectacularly at portraying any sort of human empathy in this overlong, Deeply racist, deeply unethical travelog slash colonialist adventure. Harry Carey stars as the old widbag of the title, Aloysius Trader Horn. He is taking his young companion of unknown nationality. We never learn if he's French, if he's Spanish, if he's Italian. He seems to mix Spanish yeah. and and French language interchangeably. And maybe,
0: maybe he's caught along.
1: Could be. And and the actor playing him, uh Duncan Rinaldo, he if you look him up, he also kind of has some obscure origins. He was, I guess, orphaned at a young age and so doesn't even know the country of his birth but i guess he was raised mainly in france although i could be wrong about that um he uh has been taken under trader horn's wing and trader horn takes him down an african river to trade salt for ivory with local tribes
0: uh, this is like i don't even know if it's the first thing they got on my nerves but um it was among the early things that you kind of gave you a sense of what the tone of this movie was going to be because trader horn has such uh, derision yeah for for the people that he's trading with basically he goes on this whole talk about how like oh yeah like basically these stupid africans will handful will trade a handful of salt for uh, for precious precious ivory and it got on my nerves because, A, that's so disrespectful, and B, that that's not how trade works. Yeah. You're not stupid for trading for something that you don't have. Yeah. For something that you have plentiful of. Like, that's how basic... Economy works.
1: Pretty smart, actually. Like, I feel like there could have been some great social commentary in demonstrating what a moron Trader Horn is. He's apparently, you know, basically lived in Africa most of his adult life trading, and yet he doesn't understand anything or appreciate anything about the various cultures he visits. Well, he says he does. He says, yeah, he gives a lot of lip service to how much he loves Africa and how much he understands these Africans. And yet it's just word after word of racist, racist tripe out of his horrible, stinking old mouth. And I hate him.
0: He's he is odious. And he also strikes me as like one of those old white guys who just claims things.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: it's just like listening to your kooky old relative and just make up stories.
1: And that's a type that can be lovable in the right circumstances. In non-racist
0: circumstances. Yes,
1: but oftentimes <laughs> this is what they really are. And it's kind of ugly to see, but I guess that's the price of truth on screen. Racists are racist. Anyhow... Uh, Peru, which is the name of Duncan Ronaldo's young, uh, companion, carries a guitar, but thankfully never plays it. I did not care for a musical interlude. He is the son of Horn's best friend, and it sounds like his probable former lover from the way he talks about him.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I, uh, <laughs> that I picked up, um, and... Yeah, it was kind of weird. The on top of everything else, this movie is just aesthetically bad. Oh, God. It's morally and aesthetically bad. The acting was terrible. It was
1: awful. I mean, if they were going for a realist vibe, they failed at making that interesting. Mm-hmm. No one. I mean, it was clear that so much of the cast got sick. So many of the you know the director got sick. All the crew got sick. Probably these were people like trying not to keel over from malaria and we're trying to, you know, say these lines and it shows.
0: <laughs> yes, it, it made me think of just there's this kind of attitude with some white people that our white skin somehow makes us impervious to disease and, and predators. Psych. So there's a lot of just kind of. I don't know, just like a blasé attitude Mm -hmm. to going through some wilderness in Africa. And I'm sorry, like that is going to be difficult.
1: It's going to be difficult, especially. It's difficult for
0: the people who live there.
1: I know it's.
0: And then and then you try, you know, tromp in just because you have a camera and white skin doesn't mean that you're magically immune.
1: This movie was built on hubris. And the fact that they seem to want to uphold that as a good thing, as white manifest destiny, is like the highest irony and very unsatisfying.
0: Oh, that's the other thing. Um, Trader Horn also claims to be like the first white man to do everything in Africa.
1: And we're not I'm not sure if we're supposed to read that as, oh, he's just kind of, you know, full of bombast or if he's supposed to actually mean it. Um, but he just comes off like a jerk
0: yeah he's odious
1: yeah that's a good word I for him i think
0: we're supposed to like him yeah or be impressed by him
1: uh if so they didn't not a good job of doing that he's just even if he wasn't racist he'd still be a hard to take because he's not played very likably and he's just not written very likably he's awful but uh Back to their river trip, accompanying them on their trek is a caravan of natives, kept in check by Horn's right-hand man that he ever so delightfully refers to as his gun boy, Ranchero, played by a a chief of a Maasai tribe, actually, uh, and the man's name was Mutia Omulu. Uh, Ranchero, and I know that uh, you disagree with this, uh, to me, he's like the only likable and sympathetic character and should have been the hero of this log. I get why you're, you know on the fence about him. Well, I mean,
0: I would agree that of the named characters, he was probably the closest to acceptable. Uh, But at the same time, they show him hitting the other Black members of the cast as well. There is physical violence. I mean, we weren't kidding about this trigger warning. No. There is physical violence against people
1: but In- you get yeah, you get the feeling though that he was like delegated to do that by uh by Horn, because Horn probably didn't want to, you know, sully himself by actually uh, stooping to with yes. the members. So might as well the- make Ranchero do it. The whole thing is ugly. It's it's very ugly. I think it could have been a cool hero's journey if Ranchero would have like wisened up like, why am I doing everything this old windbag says and push Chiba to the them. river? Yeah, yeah giving him to the crocodiles. Peru's first introduction to tribal life at first leaves him with the impression that the people are not savages, as Horn claims, but instead innocent and childlike.
0: Yeah. Uh, And that's the thing about this movie. It kind of, you know, periodically just kind of stumbles along and you you get complacent because the last five minutes haven't been horrible.
1: Well, yeah, because it's actual like stock footage of. African tribal life, which is pretty cool to see, um, these people just, you know, getting along, uh, uh, living their daily lives, living their daily lives. And, you know, the, and of course, you know, he says in a after he looks like at a group of teenage girls giggling together, it's like teenage girls are going to giggle in whatever society. You don't look at a pair <laughs> of, you don't look at a bunch of teenage girls giggling and go, Oh, well, that's their whole society. Just giggling together. It's just. Yeah. Hutch tone per- deafness.
0: Peru is also odious. The, his main redeeming characteristic is that he doesn't talk very much.
1: He doesn't. Um, and,
0: and he can't because Trader Horn's constantly talking about himself,
1: constantly narrating all the events. Uh, Horn quickly dispels this impression of innocent childlikeness by pointing out a corpse hanging upside down from a tree covered in terrible paint. Instead of the film concluding that perhaps they are neither savages or childlike innocents, but instead simply human as they are. The film's thesis appears to be that Africans fall into two groups, the submissive and obedient on the one side and the savage cannibals on the other.
0: Uh,
1: And yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's... Very I mean, it's it's just disgusting. I have, I'm going to have a hard time discussing this movie just because it's so revolting. You you can't move past the revoltingness and have that much more interesting to say. It's, no, it's just bad.
1: It's just really bad.
0: So, yeah it's it's going to be a rough one, folks. Their transaction with this tribe is interrupted by a sudden hush among the assembly. And uh, this transaction was like we were discussing the salt for ivory. Um, so Animal Lovers this is also not going to be a movie for you. No, no. Uh, there is a lot of, frankly, just cruelty to animals. And yes. we'll get a little bit into that when we discuss the production. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, so this transaction that they're having is interrupted. Uh, apparently there are, excuse me, not uh, there are, there is Juju, quote unquote in the air foretelling violence amongst the tribes. It, it, It's not really clear. I mean, it's like some, ma- it's some made up. white, It's some made thing. up
1: BS that they decided to kind of give it a kind of supernatural edge or something that all the tribes know when they're about to get really violent. Like it just yeah, passes word. It's, um, it's an
0: incredibly racist attitude that, you know, somehow magically black people will just Unexpectedly turn violent. And uh, again, it's, it's just plain disgusting and racist. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no other interpretation. Uh, so when the uh, the juju is in the air and we hear the drums playing horn, Peru, Ranchero and their unlucky crew hurry down to the river, scaring off some pretty sick at- crocodiles along yeah. the way um a lot of a lot of stock footage of crocodiles a
1: lot a lot um, just f- the rivers are just full of them, and I just kept hoping that they would just snatch trader horn, but they never do so
0: they uh they go down the river a little bit and they set up camp and eventually meet up or they just encounter another caravan carrying horn's acquaintance. A Ms. Edith Trent, a determined widow of a missionary. She's played by Olive Carey, Harry Carey's uh, real life wife, Shades of Disraeli, with George and Florence Arliss there. Although she's concerned at learning about the Juju, which apparently is just a thing that people know about. Yeah. Uh, Trent is determined to continue her journey. And there's this brief story that uh, years ago, a tribe murdered her husband. And kidnapped their young daughter Nina, and now Trent has heard that Nina is being kept as a quote fetish, and nothing will stop her from trying to find her her uh, daughter. So yeah, that's there. There's so much to unpack there. Yeah, um,
1: uh, it's... it's
0: like where where do you even start? It's like oh, oh yes, how horrible that you people kind of invading this people's space were well taken taken out and your daughter was also taken as a quote unquote fetish how does she know that I mean, yeah, no. She hasn't even seen her for years. Yeah,
1: it's supposed to be this isolated tribe that's very violent, and yet somehow she's heard about her. And it's just, it's one of those things, it's like, well, yeah, sad, but how many uh, daughters from these tribes were taken from them, you know? Good point. (laughs) And again, there could be some good social commentary in here, but nope, no time for that.
0: No, no time for that. Um, So... (laughs) Ms. Trent will stop at nothing to recover Nina, and before she leaves, she makes Horn promise that if she doesn't return, that Horn will find Nina and bring her home. Horn reluctantly promises and vows to follow her. The next day, Horn and company arrive at a spectacular waterfall, only to find Edith Trent's washed-up corpse seemingly abandoned by her party.
1: Cuz yeah, we don't see anybody else in from the caravan, do we? So are we supposed to assume that they just got scared off by the juju and left her there and she just
0: I died? don't I don't know. I mean, my thought was that she tried to go up the waterfall and they just got killed up there on the plateau I and, guess. and cast down into the the river.
1: Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but Uh, she's dead, no uh, mother-daughter reunion there. It's all very sad, but of course Horn then picks up the mantle.
0: Yeah, although uh, Horn tells Peru that there is no obligation on his part to follow Horn into this journey, Peru pledges his service. What follows are several scenes of wildlife interacting as Horn introduces each species to a fascinated Peru. And this was... um, a chance that kind of proves that this could have been a perfectly decent wildlife documentary.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. They wanted their their cake and they wanted to eat it too because they wanted a little adventure movie, but they also wanted like a they had all this really cool sick footage of a of africa and they wanted to use it and i'm like i just want to see the footage of these animals that's super cool and like even i don't even mind trader horde's commentary too much during this time because at least he's not yeah. saying anything racist he's just probably saying like ignorant and outdated stuff about animals
0: <laughs> yeah i mean he does he does idiotic things about himself like and also just he acts like he knows everything about every animal.
1: Yeah, it's like you don't, dude. You, you you obviously don't care really about anything here.
0: He talks down to everybody too.
1: He's just an insufferable jerk. It's
0: and I was telling you this uh earlier, Laura. The the only like truly great character in this whole mess is the continent of Africa. Yeah. And that would be it.
1: I mean, they, they did fail in their one task. I wanted them to succeed in, which is kill trader horn. Spoiler alert. Unfortunately, he doesn't die.
0: I know he gets close.
1: He gets close and we're all rooting for it, but unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So, uh, and speaking of the, uh, wildlife scenes, uh, many of the scenes, MGM shot actually in Mexico to avoid American laws on the ethical treatment of animals, uh, and unfortunately, um, lions were reportedly starved and to encourage attacks on hyenas, monkeys, and more. And um, if you're triggered by by animal cruelty, you might want to skip ahead about 15 seconds. There is a recording. Of a rhinoceros getting killed,
1: yeah, it's awful, a lion too, I think
0: oh and and the lion,
1: yeah, oh, that was real i I assume so,, Ugh. I mean, I don't know for sure um yeah it, it's 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 dreadful, just the absolute disregard for what we're led to believe the filmmakers revere uh
0: it's, oh right, absolutely it's just
1: a, it's studio hubris at its worst. If it's I mean, ugliest.
0: And again, this movie is bad morally and aesthetically. Yeah. So we have this movie costing lives and also, you know, taking out a member of a now endangered species Yep. <laughs> uh, for for nothing. For nothing. I want I want the two hours that this movie lasts back.
1: I, I have never wanted two hours back more than this i mean i remember groaning when i found out hollywood review was two hours i would watch hollywood review five times in a row mm-hmm. to get back the two hours i spent watching this luckily this animal's ballet is put to an end when horn's party is captured by a hostile tribe Born Peru and Ranchero are forced to watch from the bars of their holding cell, which is pretty sophisticated. I will give them that, that they didn't uh, try to uh, portray the the tribe as like, you know, primitives who didn't really have their uh, like uh, proper rooms or anything. Uh, but, you know, they're still doing, you know, really savage acts that, you know, just horrify these poor white people uh they're forced to watch as each of their party is turned upside down and pur- burned from the head up suddenly a, uh. yeah uh suddenly a white woman emerges and yep it's nina trent the missionary's long lost daughter played by the beautiful edwina booth she is fully ensconced in tribal life and at first is totally on board with murdering the three men remaining That is, until dreamy, strapping young Peru pleads with her, grabbing her arm, and withstands her use of her whip on him. Just as they are about to burn, she steps in, getting her and the three exiled men to the other side of the river without weapons, food, or water.
0: Uh, Hooray. Hooray. uh, And let's not forget that this woman... Just spout a gibberish and try to pass it as an African. As an African
1: dialect. I mean, good God. they are forced to play scavenger and track a lion with his killed antelope. However, they are forced to kill one of the lions when they when it attacks Nina. They also follow elephants to a watering hole. Where Horn and Peru almost come to blows over Peru's growing feelings for Nina, which I was never quite sure where Horn was coming from in his hostility about this. Is he feeling fatherly towards Nina or is it he creepily falling for her, too, or is it?
0: I wasn't sure either. I at some points thought that it was that he was also falling for Nina, but there's nothing to back that up except for his times when he gets angry with uh, with Peru, with Peru. and. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's not it's not a good
1: movie. It's like they just kind of threw in a little tension there because they knew that's what movies with plots need. But it like everything else, it just didn't work.
0: Okay, so, yes, they they almost come to blows over their feelings for Nina. Why? That's a mystery. I don't know. But, you know, no time for that. Suddenly they hear the cannibals drums. The, The party that has been following them is Closing in, Horn heroically volunteers to set off on his own to distract the uh, the marauders while the three others make their getaway. Ranchero, however, refuses to leave Horn's side for God only knows what reason.
1: Yeah, there's this sick kind of, you know, relationship between them that we're supposed to believe in that uh, really horrible uh, way that Horn summarizes Ranchero's character is like a, like a half a bulldog, half mother hen, or something. But you know he's supposed to be, you know, hopelessly devoted to Horn, Ugh. and it's just the worst.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's supposed to be the the good African, the good
1: African. Ranchero is top top of the of the African uh, men because he's so devoted to this white old windbag. <laughs>
0: Uh, so after a little bit of a chase, uh, they make their way across a river filled with alligators by swinging on a vine. Oh yeah. That so that's, that's where that trope. I guess. Yeah. Originates. So it's contributed that thing. I don't, that's neither here nor there really. But no. It's a thing that I recognized.
1: And I don't believe for one minute Horn could have actually been able to do that physically.
0: That's possible. Maybe they got a stunt double. Probably. Uh, So they're trapped on basically like an island surrounded by water, an island, Um, but they're kind of like in this river system, I think, and they form like a crude canoe out of a log and cover it with branches
1: to try to hide themselves.
0: Yeah, and... And they just kind of use this raft to make their way across the river. Um, The uh, tribe trying to capture them, spot them and throw their spears at them. They make it to shore, but um, Horn, to his credit, is heartbroken to discover that Rancho is dying, having been pierced by one of the spears. He embraces him goodbye and continues the sad trek alone. So... The spear intended for for traitor is uh, is taken by Ranchero, and we're all sad.
1: We are all sad.
0: Uh, so eventually, traitor makes it. Uh, Trader Horn makes it to a British steamboat where explorer C. Aubrey Smith welcomes him aboard. Uh, he Horn is overjoyed when Peru and Nina arrive safe and sound. Realizing at last that the two are in love, he finally gives his blessing, which I guess was required for some reason.
1: Uh, To make it all come full circle or some BS.
0: And he convinces them to get on a steamboat back to England. Uh, Trader Horn, on the other hand, elects to remain behind as he says he belongs in Africa. Which he does not. And yeah, he fully does not. No. Uh, After waving goodbye to the departing boat, he faces the horizon and looks up to the sky, where he sees the image of ranchero hovering in the clouds and at that point the movie ends and i screamed
1: i i gouged my eyeballs out uh rented my garments and set the house afire
0: it was a tough fire to get out um yeah but yeah i, tears I, I literally put it out yeah i it was a scream of of bafflement uh, in addition to disgust, w- when, yeah, just like Ranchero is like, oh, yes. And let's not forget Ranchero. It, okay. that is it what? like a symbol what? that like,
1: oh, even though he's a godless African, he made it into heaven. Like, I don't know what it was, what that was supposed to.
0: <sighs> yeah. This movie... Oh, and this comes on the heels of like some of, I mean... This is when Trader Horn is being like exceptionally racist and saying pretty much like every negative racist stereotype and slur is crammed into these last 10 minutes or so. And it also features Horn, uh, again, hitting other human beings.
1: Yep. And, you know, he's supposed to be a good old boy. And this is just how you talk to the natives.
0: Oh my gosh, he he is truly the most odious character that we've come across and hopefully ever will.
1: I never thought I would hate one of these movies we watch more than In Old Arizona, but this leaves In Old Arizona far behind in the dust where horrendousness comes into play. So to discuss the background of the film a little bit, um they did film in like eastern and central Africa as you said, but a lot of the scenes had to be reshot in California. Um so there was a lot of very clumsy green screening going on um that really wasn't very convincing.
0: Nope.
1: Um most of the crew got horrendously sick, got malaria. Um and uh, Edwina uh what yeah, what's what's her name? Edwina Booth. Um this was her last movie because They don't know exactly what she came down with. You know, at the time they called it like uh, like jungle fever or African sleeping sickness. But she was incredibly ill and bedridden for the next six years. And luckily for her, she was able to she won a settlement with uh, the studios um, when she sued them. And I think she got close to a million dollars, which she should have got more. And also Olive Carey, who played, um, you know, the missionary's widow. She was right they severely underpaid most of the actors. Um, and like, she only got like $300 to, uh, to play her in Africa. So when they wanted to uh, reshoot in America, she said, well, only if you pay me, uh, like a thousand dollars per week or something. And they relented because they needed her to match the footage. And so that's how she got hers back. So, I mean, good for her. Um, but the most upsetting fact is that two crew members did lose their lives, and right. we don't know their names we uh don't know if they were uh we know that they were natives um one was killed by a crocodile uh one was gored by a rhino, which the trivia on i m d b uh says that this made it into the film, but i but
0: we i don't think we saw anything like I don't that. think
1: we saw like a rhino Gora guy, but it was obviously green screen because it did not look like it actually happened.
0: Yeah. I think that was, that was faked. And my theory is that they actually took it out before they released it on DVD or whatever. Because, I, yeah. Because there are laws. Yeah. Uh,
1: right. Like, let's not have like an actual snuff film on our hands here. Um, and uh, yeah, when, um, Omulu, who plays uh ranchero uh came to uh California to reshoot uh some scenes and he came with a with a fellow actor who was a native they were at first denied entrance into the Hollywood hotel because they were black uh welcome good. to Hollywood fellas <laughs> yeah
0: good times so if you're a white person visiting Africa, you're welcome everywhere apparently, but if you're a black person visiting America uh you can't even stay in the hotel that you're
1: the most upsetting aspect is that you know a lot of this was filmed in the Belgian Congo which still had a lot of basically sla- slavery going yeah. on so how many of the extras were actually forced to be in this movie we don't know right. um, and so it's it's a terrible terrible part of film history that i think should be preserved in the same way that like uh triumph of, of the will is kind of preserved to be like this is what depths we are capable of going if we don't check ourselves
0: right I definitely wouldn't recommend
1: it's not watching for fun it's, casual viewing no. Good god no
0: and it's not it's not even worth studying exactly but knowing the background of this movie and knowing its content I think we did a decent job of covering at least the the gist of what happens and the kind of you, you get the sense of what kind of movie it is from our description. I think,
1: I mean, it's, there's nothing redeeming about it. Like at all, except for you do get shots of Africa, of tribal life, of wildlife. Although even that is tainted, knowing that a lot of it was filmed illegally in Mexico and that the animals were suffering, uh, and that the people were suffering. So, there are gorgeous shots of Africa, but you know what? I would have been okay with losing those beautiful shots of Africa if Africa had stayed unmolested by the studio, yeah, by the filmmakers, oh, absolutely, and everything. So that's Trader Horn.
0: <laughs> Should we rate this pile
1: oh, of garbage? Let's let's do this. Let's rip this one a brand new.
0: Yeah, I guess I forgot to mention at the start of this episode,
1: uh,
0: (laughs) we rate these movies on various different categories and something just in my heart tells me this one's not going to rate very highly. Our major categories are rated, um, I'm going to go ahead and say zero through ten. And the bonus points that you can get are zero to five. And let's start off with our first major category, which is acting. Um, I, I would agree. Zero.
1: Yeah, zero. I mean, I mean, the actors, you know, weren't given a lot to work with, um,
0: but they were bad at it. Too. They were
1: bad at it. Harry Carey. Um, I'm sure I've seen him in something else. He has a very familiar face, but he's a total void of charisma. Um, you know, Duncan Ronaldo, uh, when I looked him up, he seemed um like an okay dude he spoke out against uh violence in cinema and uh how it glorified gunfight too much i'm like could have meant could have name checked this piece of crap you're in though um and booth is really forced to like shriek gibberish and is basically just supposed to be this like this wet dream for guys who want some like kind of like Savage but childlike a uh, blonde lady in a sarong and
0: yeah pretty much
1: and so it's just horrible I'm glad she milked the studio
0: <laughs> For
1: yeah, me. I mean she deserved she deserved to
0: i mean at least there's that um, i mean
1: Lutia omulu, I think is great, I mean it really pissed me off when at one point um uh horn is like you know he's certainly not much to look at but he's very faithful i'm like he's an incredibly handsome man you idiot <laughs> like anyways uh, yeah so no zero
0: writing again there is a minimal amount at best
1: like the dialogue wasn't good it was hacky between that and like the travelog sections it was just no zero
0: Mm-hmm. Also, yep, I'm also going to give it a zero. There wasn't much writing and the lines that existed were bad,
1: bad, racist, story, and story
0: had holes in it. Um, Yeah, just just not not any good. OK, and our third major category, cinematography.
1: I mean, like, yeah, there were gorgeous shots of Africa, but as I said earlier, that's not hard to do. Africa's a beautiful con- like a beautiful continent. I mean,
0: yeah, the beauty of this film comes from Africa being Africa it and has course, nothing to do with how they set up the and camera. Of course,
1: they never specify where they are either. We keep saying Africa, Africa, like it's like a single place. It, I mean, it's, you know, many countries with many different landscapes, many different. But, you know, it's all true. we know is that, you know, the rough area where it's supposed to be. And it's beautiful. But that has nothing to do with the filmmaking. And in fact, when the mix of like stock footage with uh, the soundstage stuff is very poorly done, I thought.
0: Yeah, that's true, too. It's very obvious which one was shot where. And the only reason why we have any clue, any clue as to where it is, is because in the starting credits, they give thanks to the government (laughs) of the Belgian Congo and the... Anglo-Egyptian Sudan, I think, is what they called it. Um, the colony of Kenya, uh, yeah. So they they thank the governments of these places and the quote white hunters, <coughs> all of whom have like esquire attached to the end of their names, which I think is probably yet more BS and kind of shows you the kind of person that walks around saying that they're a white hunter in Africa.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the BS we have to go through cinematography. I, mean,
1: I think I'll give it a one just because Africa is beautiful, but that's like to no credit to them.
0: Do you want to save that for a bonus point for set?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Zero for cinematography.
0: OK. I'm going to give it a zero for cinematography as well, in case that wasn't clear. Uh
1: Man, that waterfall was so gorgeous. That took my breath away. Yeah, that was
0: a beautiful waterfall. That was a beautiful waterfall.
1: And how much of that had to do with the filmmaking? Zero.
0: Zero. They set up a camera and pointed it at a waterfall.
1: We could have gotten a better shot of it, too, if they'd cared. That's true.
0: All right. So our next category is overall. How well did the acting, writing, and cinematography work to create an overall product?
1: Negative a hundred.
0: Yeah, about to say, can we go into negatives?
1: I think we should.
0: Okay. I'm. I wouldn't normally do this, but yes, it's it is a less than zero overall product. Negative ten. Negative ten. Okay. So let's see. Going into the bonus rounds, they are standing at negative twenty.
1: Okay. I want to make this movie suffer so bad.
0: I know. And okay. so if you're thinking at this point that we're being just incredibly harsh on this movie and we're I don't know, we're not judging it fairly on its aesthetic and artistic merits. Like, no, each of these like little facets of the movie that we're talking about, in addition to being just like a humanitarian travesty. They are also bad.
1: Yeah. Like you can also point out the similar racism in something like King Kong and Gone with the Wind, but you'll have a whole bunch of supporters saying, you know, but it's artistically very good. You cannot even say that about this. It is just a hodgepodge of beat of just incompetence and racism mixed together to make something terrible.
0: Yeah. Tr- truly horrible. Okay. So now we have a chance for some bonus points.
1: Oh, good! I'm sure they'll make it up. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: Uh, let's see. So costumes and set.
1: Oh, I the costumes I we
0: have to go, we have to go into Peru's helmet.
1: Oh, Peru's helmet looks like someone cut open a beehive and like carved a hat out of it. Like carved a helmet. It's like it's like about a pithy helmet. Is that what they called them back in the I, day? Pith helmet. Pith helmet, not pithy. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, it is far too large for his head.
1: Far too large.
0: And it, it just it looks ridiculous.
1: I mean, you know, the characters in uh, the tribes we meet have really awesome clothes, but again, that's nothing, not a costume. that's not a costume, that's what they wear. Uh <laughs> so that has nothing again to do with the filmmakers. Um So, yeah, I mean, I guess this is where my one one comes in, because the setting is Eastern and Central Africa. And uh, boy, it sure does look pretty.
0: Yeah, I'm going to match your one one point. I'm going to put in parentheses next to it as I write it down for Africa,
1: for Africa.
0: It has nothing to do with like the people making the movie. It just happens to be in a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, boldness. Ugh. Does this movie challenge <laughs> the
1: uh, I, I
0: mean, it challenges us in a negative way. It challenges my patience.
1: Negative five. I mean, negative five. It, it was so unbold that it was crazy. I mean, I'm it sure was just
0: so backwards and thing, terrible. What
1: I really resent is like the same thing I have problems with with a lot of you know, kind of the edgier sort of South Park comedy of today is that they were obviously trying to like push the boundaries by like flat out having Trader Horn refer to like the members of his caravan as monkeys, as those black apes. And it's and that was supposed to, I think, get a chuckle out of the guys and make the ladies go, oh, well, that's just rude. And the thing is, no, it's not rude. It's vile. It's wrong and it's not bold. It's not edgy. It's just grotesque.
0: Yeah. And again, before we get into the whole like, well, that's just how people were back then. uh, No, no, no,
1: no. There's a
0: whole lot of people who would have a lot of problems hearing that, you know, (laughs) like all the black people.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's like civil rights was not actually an invention of the 1960s people. There were uh, people protesting this crap back then. I mean, (laughs)
0: yeah, no, it was it was an it's always an odious movie. And that's kind of comes back to something that we talked about, I think, in our introductory episode, even that. We aren't going to make allowances for like oh, this is of its time because the reason why we get this impression that there is something as such as like, oh, this is excusable because of its time. That's because time is usually recorded by people in power. Yes. And you don't get to hear uh-uh. the opinions of people who who were the targets of this racism or of the oppression that we see in these movies. You don't get to hear much from, you know, and those opinions are valid. You don't get to hear from the feminists uh, who would also have problems with this movie from a feminist point of view. Um, The (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, it's racist. It's sexist. It's, everything bad it's
1: morally bad yeah okay so um
0: negative five on both sides for boldness
1: i'm making the math we're making the math really easy for ourselves here aren't we
0: yeah we are actually um so legacy is another chance for bonus points what kind of legacy does this movie leave behind
1: a very bad taste um
0: it adds nothing.
1: It adds nothing, really, to the film canon. I mean, it left... It had. It did have a legacy. It had a devastating legacy. Two people lost their lives. Uh, many people were ill for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, cute animals died, um, which is like the least of this movie's crimes, sadly. Um, so, yeah, it did have... A legacy, just not a good one.
0: Just like a a legacy of harm.
1: A legacy of harm, which... I mean, if there could be anything good from this, I think it's good to start conversations about how we cannot let spectacle override morality, basically. Yeah,
0: it's basic human decency. Basic
1: human decency. I mean, I guess for that alone, I'll give it a one.
0: (laughs) For for the evil it has caused? For the
1: evil it has caused, I mean...
0: I'm gosh, I want to give it negatives for a negative legacy. Oh,
1: well, you know that's you, you
0: know, and usually we talk about usually we talk about how this movie in this category for legacy influenced uh, movies that came after it, right? Movies down the line, and I feel like it was also just such a bad movie. Again, aesthetically, in addition to morally, it was such a bad movie that I think that anything that came after it in the adventure genre was d- did not take anything from this. I mean, it took.
1: No, probably not.
0: We had literature. We had adventure literature that I think probably was drawn upon more. But yeah. There's no like shots or ideas that come out of this movie that you could say like, oh, OK, I can see how this future movie pulled from that. If, if that future movie was anything valuable,
1: I did read one bit of trivia that Mutia Omulu who played, who was the Masai chief who played Ranchero, uh, Mutia was, uh, what I guess, uh, the crew for the Tarzan movies called, uh, the escarpment, which I'm not exactly sure what that means for hmm. the Tarzan movies. So that's a little bit of legacy for him at least, which if anyone's going to be, uh, get, getting some good credit and legacy, I, I would, I would like it to be this man. I want to learn more about him. I plan to Yeah, he probably, probably has an
0: interesting story. I mean, a
1: Maasai chief who, like, came to Hollywood and uh, probably came away with not really ecstatic views about America. If <laughs> I'm sure he already knew uh, that white, white, white people aren't the best. No. But I'm sure it's one thing to, like, kind of know that and another to, like, actually have to work and live with us. So yeah he deserves all sorts of props there but, is that so one for me a negative what for you
0: Oh, uh, let's see one for you i'll I'll just i'll give it a negative one so we balance out okay That's it. that that seems fair longevity how well does this movie stand up over time? negative five negative five it does not
1: it does not i mean again. And you can't put aside the issues of race and ethics. But I guess apart from them, you still have a really crappy movie that is not enjoyable. Way too long. Um, yeah, there's no redeemable quality. I have never really watched a movie outside of like mystery science theater that has like no redeeming qualities.
0: Yeah. it. Um, if you're a modern audience and you are enjoying this movie on any level, there's something deeply wrong with you.
1: I have to say so. Yes. Um, you and you
0: are a cruel and inhuman person.
1: Yeah. There comes a point where you cannot separate the art from the social ramifications. Yeah. I mean, also, she's not good art either. It's not good art. And uh, yeah, it's not art. It was just an excuse for some jackasses to try to get as exciting footage of Africa as they can and just give it complete whitewash, literally narrative. Yeah. Um, We could have had a cool story with Ranchero uh, discovering that, hey, doing everything this old white guy says is actually pretty terrible. Um, maybe I should reconnect with my roots or something like that. No, no, he's not a character. He's a symbol. He's a symbol of the good African. And so he gets to go to heaven because he was such a good servant to uh, Trader Horn. And yeah. it's repulsive. I mean, this was a Maasai chief. Uh, yeah. Screw you. Uh, everyone involved with this movie. W.S. Van Dyke, I. I'm disappointed in you because you directed one of my favorite movies, thin man, but you're a piece of crap for having made this movie. And everyone who was in this movie, apart from the people who were freaking forced to be in this movie, you suck. People who chose to like make this happen. The people who were in charge, basically. Right. I'm getting incoherent with rage. We should probably wrap it up.
0: All right. Our last category technical.
1: Oh yeah. One more uh, category. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was okay.
0: They got their voices on sound. Oh, the know, effects were terrible. Actually,
1: though. no. Yeah, zero. Maybe even negative again. Remember they were talking like the waterfall seed. Yes, looked gorgeous. I can understand what they were saying because the idiots didn't know how to like mic them so that they were audible. I didn't know what they were saying. Like. And it's supposed to be a very sad true. scene because they, they find the old woman and she's dead and they're giving her like a little bit of a burial and I can't hear what they're saying about her. It's so bad.
0: Yeah. And Zero. the uh, the green screen type effects.
1: Uh, not good. Like even by by those standards, standards of the day,
0: the stock footage was obviously stock footage.
1: Yeah. No attempt to like make something make like seamless transitions. So bad. Zero. No, no. Give it a negative one.
0: Negative one. Okay. I will also match your negative one so that we have, we end up with a very even negative 40.
1: Negative 40. I am very pleased with that outcome.
0: With well-deserved
1: negative 40.
0: Negative 40.
1: Ugh. I I love old movies. I love film history. But you can't love something so much that it blinds you to the ugliness it can create. And this is the ugly ugly side of classic cinema.
0: It is. It truly is.
1: I mean it's a I mean it's an ugly side of humanity in general of of white humanity in particular.
0: And yeah, absolutely. And with that, um, you know, part of me would normally think that well, maybe there's going to be a movie so bad that we'll hilariously give it a not score. This this wasn't that one. No, this is going to be hope hopefully the worst movie that we ever review.
1: I hope so. I really and hope so. And it
0: belongs in a dumpster fire.
1: Yes, it wins the prestigious dumpster fire award for me.
0: So no sker for Trader horn.
1: Let's throw it into the river and hope it gets eaten by crocodiles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do you have anything else to say about this? I think you put it all very well that it's just... An example of a really, really ugly side of Hollywood and humanity in general.
1: You know, and I said before that, you know, what I love about watching old movies is it's like watching a bit of history. And the thing with history is you take the good and the bad. And uh, this is the bad side. And what's what's especially tricky with movies is that because they always have like a narrative point of view. Uh, Unlike historical facts like treaties and wars and dates, this has a point of view. This has a message it wants to get across. So if you're not careful, if somebody somebody grows up watching stuff like this, this is how they get indoctrinated. This is how they think you view the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to recognize and call out when things go sour, when things take a turn for the darker. Otherwise, you're not being a good, like, amateur film historian or a good professional film historian.
0: Right. And that goes um, that goes for everything. It doesn't have to be as clear as day as it was in this example. Uh, There is a lot of ugliness spread throughout classic Hollywood and current Hollywood, honestly.
1: And, you know, sometimes it is more subtle because we there is none of us who are free from uh, our racist history. And it's in our. It's in our story, it's in our society still baked in. So, you know, true, we're none of us free of it, but it is our job to get better each time. And part of that process is to look back and point out what was wrong so we don't repeat it.
0: Right. And if there is something good about a movie that has problematic elements, you're still responsible for yes. calling out those negative elements, e- even if even if parts of the movie are beautiful and wonderful.
1: Because you're not appreciating the work as a whole if you just pick and choose the things you like. Right. And leave behind the rest. You're not you're not examining the work. You're not getting the whole picture. So what's the point?
0: All right. Yeah. On that intense
1: very intense, intense note,
0: note uh, I think this is the end of our episode. Yep. You can catch us on Twitter at Comebackastar. You can email us at Comebackastar podcast at gmail.com. We do have a Facebook page that is very little used. Maybe a screed about this movie will be our first post. I don't know. I don't know. But uh thank you for hanging in there with us. Um next movie is definitely going to be lighter hearted, I think.
1: <laughs> yes, although we probably will um I I'm going to be unavailable in the coming weeks, so There'll right. there will be a, a, a brief break, uh, while we uh, cogitate over dark things past and hopefully move on to brighter brighter tomorrows. That's right, you're going on sort of vacation. I to know, your folks' house to my folks' house. I haven't really seen them in a long time, so did a week's worth of quarantine. I should have done two, but I felt really bad asking that much time off from my boss, so I just made sure to work from home this week. And uh, yeah. Uh, So let's hope I do not kill my senior citizen parents.
0: Yes. And we might uh, record a special with uh, your sister, my wife, standing in. Um, So the episode after this might not feature Laura, but it may feature her sister. And we will probably watch something that is not on the the Oscar Best Picture list. It will probably be something kind of silly.
1: I hope so, because after this whopper... We all need a little bit of a silliness, silliness break. I look forward to listening.
0: Oh, that's, that's very nice. All All right. right. Let's close it down.
1: Close it down. Walk away and uh, gouge our eyes out again. I mean, have a good one, everybody. Yeah. Take care. Take care. Bye -bye. Bye.